Skinning waves, fox beer, lock is action, very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Beat your bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beat me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers Uh-oh. around the globe. It is Thursday night. It is 7.30 p.m., Thursday, October 27th, 2022. Welcome to episode 494 of Trek Talk. And that's right, 494. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and we've got a lot of fun, a lot of great Trek talking for you guys tonight. But first, I want to introduce to you guys my Trek experts. Uh, we only have the dynamic duo with us tonight, both hailing from the great, great area of portland i'm not sure how close they are to each other but they're in the general area of portland we'll start off with eric how you doing tonight eric i am doing very well having a good day uh and as it is we are right in the city of portland on the east side out here and paul and i live very close to one another so um it's nice to see his actual face every now and then as well to uh in addition to talking to him on the podcast well you know it was nice to see your actual face at oh, Triconderoga. Yeah. That was like, awesome. Oh, this is the guy I've been hanging out with for four years. <laughs> this, yeah. this is it. This is, this is it. <laughs> and uh, we made a lot of great contacts there. We had a good time. Um, I'm looking forward to be going back again next year. So, yeah, that was fun. We, we, we got to get the entire truck talking crew together somewhere. At some point. Yeah, well, there's, you know, some big con would be the way to do it, right? But um, unfortunately, the biggest ones are on the coast. And since we are on diaspora coasts, it means that one group or many groups are flying all the way across. So, yeah, a little bit of a challenge there with logistics, but we should get done at some point. That would be a blast. I'm sure we will. There's three of us in Portland here, so come on, place to hang out. Yeah, and 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 uh, Charles is in in uh, Las Vegas, which isn't too too far. Like a two and a half hour flight, yeah. Yeah, it's not too far. And also, as we were just alluding to, hailing from Portland as well is our very own Paul, the wine slash toy guy. How you doing tonight, Paul? You know, gentlemen, I'm doing great. It's been a, a good day. It's been a good week. Uh, it's been jam-packed with star trek for me i mean i've been on uh, all kinds of good stuff but uh but yeah doing really well there's just a ton of good stuff happening out there and uh ready to yak it out about uh the lithium crystals and everything else so let's do it and you know what tonight tonight right now guys we have 
the season premiere, well, actually the mid-season premiere of Prodigy and the season finale of Lower Decks are both tonight, which means next week's show will have a double banger to talk about. Prodigy is tonight? Prodigy Prodigy is tonight. Wow, I am so behind on stuff right now with this. I mean, I've been watching old shows and not new shows enough, so i got to get my act together, Uncle Jim. Yeah, Prodigy Prodigy, and Lower Decks both dropped at 3 a.m. my time, midnight your time. So um, next week we will have a double shot, Um, which isn't too bad because these animated shows are 20 minutes each. Where it gets to be a pain in the neck is when they when they turn around and drop Discovery and Picard or Picard and Lower Decks, and then we have two one-hour shows to cover in one podcast. That's a pain in the butt. But we can handle Lower Decks and Prodigy next week. So, guys, our phone number here is the same as always, 646-668-2433. We'll be live for the next couple of hours, so run to the phone and let your fingers do the walking and call Trek Talking. Uh, speaking of Trek Talking... We have a brand new website. You can get a hold of us at trektalking.com. And what is that, Eric? How can they get a hold of us? Well, that's trektalking.com, Jim. That's right. Paul, Paul, have you heard of our new website yet? Well, what is it called, Jim? Uh, refresh my memory. It's something, something, something.com? <laughs> I think it's trektalking.com, yeah. Oh, trektalking.com. Wait a second. Wait a second. Are you telling me that the website's name is exactly, precisely, Unavoidably the same as this show. Yes. Oh my God. That is a harmonic convergence of serendipity and the likes of which I have never seen in all my travels through the cosmos. It's trektalking.com. Trektalking. And you know what's great about trektalking.com is that any one of our listeners anywhere around the globe, if you're in Japan, it doesn't matter where you are. If you're that guy in Australia, you know who you are, that guy, then you can go to trucktalking.com, and in the bottom right-hand corner, you will see a little blue microphone. And what's cool is even though we're all in different time zones and you might not be able to call the show live right now on Thursday night, you can just hit that little microphone, and you have 13 seconds to record a message for us. I will take all those messages that we get, if we get any, I will rip them and play them on the next show. So, for instance, just as an example, if we happen to have, I don't know, some Playmate action figures to give away for free to some lucky fan, maybe, um, then all you would have to do is be the first person to click on that little blue microphone and say, Hey, Uncle Jim, I heard on the podcast that you're giving away a data and I'd like to win it. I'm Joe from Montana or whatever. I would play your message and send you the data. It's that simple. Isn't that awesome? But wait, there's more. Every one of our 495 podcasts can all be found at talking.com. And you're thinking, wow, Uncle Jim, that's awesome. But I'm not done. This is like the Ginsu. It slices, it dices. There's also... (laughs) a blog there. Um, I'm working on the blog. It's still new, but um, I'm putting up pictures of our lucky winners and pictures of, of like Eric and I, when we met at Trek Conderoga and all, you know, different things. And what's cool about that is you can actually talk to us on the blog. You can leave us a message on the blog and I'll get back to you. And 
if you ever wanted to know, there's bios and pictures of all of the awesome Trek Spurs that are here on Trek Talking. There's one there for Paul, Eric, Charles, and myself. So you can see us and read our little quick little bio about us, which is awesome. You can even and Jim, go there. I just got to say, Jim, um, I am all over a thousand million websites all the time. And I'll be frank, most of them suck, right? And what you've done with this particular website for this show is, I think, just absolutely sensational. Um, it's really well designed. Um, it's engaging. It has a great look to it. It's fun. There's a lot of really good content. And uh, it's just easy to spend a ridiculous amount of time on here. It's, uh, you know, if you have not listeners gone to trektalkin.com yet definitely go in there um jim's done a huge amount of, of work on here and it's really really great you get to pick up a lot of cool information if you want to look and find a repository for cool stuff like old show clips or the most current show clips or just leave us a zany message or win an action figure it's one-stop shopping he did a great job so i just want to make sure that uh jim that our kudos to you is received so yeah, what better I'm, way to do that than live on the radio? Am I right, Eric, or am I right? Absolutely. No, 100%. 100%. I, I like it because it doesn't. it's so easy to navigate. You just kind of know right where things are, and you don't have to poke around and try and find things. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still, it's, I'm still working on it, but I think I got it where I like it. So um, I might add a few more things, but go and check it out um, if, you, if you're so inclined to. And, and also – I wanted to mention that you may have noticed that we're not stopping for commercial breaks on the podcast anymore like we used to. Now, when we do have um, uh, sponsors and things like um, um, like Long Island Trek or something, we will play a spot for them on the show, but that's different. So we're not having any more commercials uh, because we're relying on you guys to help us pay for the postage and keeping the phone line open and the website so when you go to the website you can just click on the on the paypal and send us a dollar two dollars ten dollars whatever whatever you want um you can do so you can check that out as well you can get yourself a truck talking t-shirt which i think are really nice or a truck talking coffee mug so please go to trucktalking.com and check it out speaking of truck talking as of right now we have 119,603 downloads of the podcast, which is awesome. We're closing in on 120,000. That's cool. And 103,397 likes on our Facebook page, which I wish was as easy, but our Facebook page, by the way, I shouldn't even say this anymore. When you go to trucktalking.com, you can access <laughs> our Facebook page. You can access our Instagram account. You can access our Twitter account, all from trucktalking.com. So you don't have to worry about that long Facebook address anymore, which I used to give out. You can go to trucktalking.com and find it all in one place. All right, so that's my spiel. And uh, we always like to start off the podcast with giving fan shout-outs. If you'd like to hear your name on a fan shout-out, go to trucktalking.com, follow the link to our Facebook page, and at the top of the page, you'll see the live long and prosper. And just bop in there. Tell us where you're listening from. Every week, yours truly, Uncle Jim, picks 15 lucky listeners. If you see a heart next to your name, that means you've been chosen and you want to tune into the next podcast because you're going to hear your name immortalized through all of time as not only a Star Trek fan, 
but a fan of Trek talking. Okay, and once again, our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Give us a call, and we'll get you on the air. So, what do you – oh, I, I, I forgot to tell you guys also, um, we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks Trusted Sources episode tonight. A visit from a reporter on the USS Cerritos puts Captain Freeman on edge. We have fan scores of that episode as well as our scores, and we'll see how close we come to the fan. On our Star Trek news section, we have Star Trek Strange New Worlds is honored with a seal of authentic representation. Uh, we have plot details for the abandoned Star Trek IV project with Chris Hemsworth. A Strange New World comic launches in December, and the Star Trek uh, franchise is set for a visionary award, and Paramount Plus, a lot, um, Paramount Plus announces launches in Europe. And, um, <clears throat> and William Shatner, believe it or not, had a different ending for Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. So you definitely want to hang out for that. We have our convention calendar, so you can find out if there's a local convention in your area that you want to go to. We have our Star Trek birthdays and so much more. So, Eric, why don't you get us started with our fan shout-outs? Absolutely, Jim. Uh, for our very first fan shout-out this week, we are heading just across the pond to the great island of Great Britain. Uh, we're in Walsall, England. Michael Clark dwells. Michael, thank you for contacting us on our Facebook page. Uh, we really appreciate your support over there. Lots of folks uh, in the UK like our uh, podcast. Hopefully you have some friends that you have brought to the table and they are also listening to the podcast. We just really appreciate your support. So kapla to you, sir, over there in Walsall, England. Hello and live long and prosper as well to Nick Perham, who is in Southland, New Zealand. Just about as far away as you can get from here. Nick, thank you for carrying our torch way on the other side of the planet there. Kathy Parker, you deserve a big shout out and thank you from us. You're from Waverly, Victoria, Australia, as uh, uh, down there in, uh, in that same area as New Zealand as well. So Kathy Parker, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And Joanna Puschalik from Poland supports us in the middle of Europe there. Joanna, wow. That's fantastic. I don't think we get a lot of folks from Poland uh, saying hello to us. So big shout out and a live long and prosper to you. Uh, Don Foster from Kodiak, Alaska, out here on the West Coast is also listening to us. Don Foster, thank you so much for listening to us and for supporting our podcast. Chuck Helton in Chihuahua, Virginia, is also listening to our podcast these days. So, Chuck, thank you so much for keeping us going out there on the East Coast. Luke Clausen out here in Idaho is also listening. Live long and prosper to you. Luke Clausen, thank you so much. I still have not been to Idaho. I have I have big plans to like drive over there at some point because it's only like eight hours away. But I just never done it. So Luke, they have great potatoes. Look great will. potatoes. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> Go check them out live. A lot of amazing uh, wildlife in Idaho. Truly. That's what I have heard, and I have heard that um, that there are some things happening in Boise. You know, it's not a giant city, but there's some things happening there, too. So I think I'll go check it out at some point. So Luke Clausen, thank you for re-inspiring me to visit Idaho. And my final fan shout-out this week goes out to Mike Beltzner out here on the West Coast in Fresno, California. I've been through your area a few times, Mike. Thank you so much for carrying our torch down there in California. Paul. I'm going to pass the torch to you today. 
All right, brother. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. I love this segment because we get to see all over America, all over the world, where all these different uh, Star Trek fans are, and uh, they engage with us, and they want to share their enthusiasm. It's great. First of all, a mighty shout-out to Rob Ramos in Colorado Springs. What a fantastic place you live in, Rob. Colorado Springs is awesome, amazing part of the world. Thanks for being a fan. It's great to hear from you. In Brigham City, Utah, a mighty kapla to Kathy Kimes Melton. Kathy Kimes Melton in Brigham City, Utah. Thank you for listening. Thanks for reaching out to us and saying howdy via our Facebook page. I almost double did a double take when I read this next one. Julius Lewis in Detroit, <laughs> Michigan. I thought for a split second it was Juliet Lewis, and I almost spit out my drink. But Julius Lewis, I don't know if you're related, but it's great to hear from you. I'm a big Detroit fan. Seriously, an awesome town. Really, really great. Amazing stuff going on there. Uh, live long and prosper, my friend. Thank you for contacting us. In Mission, Kansas, Kansas is wild, man. You've got like one area there where you've got like your, I think Mission's like near Overland Park, if I remember, and you're not, you can almost practically walk across the state line into two states. You're right there at Kansas and Missouri, where it's almost like perpetually you know, uh, mirror universe with those two. Kansas City is like straddling everything. It's wild. But uh, Mission Kansas USA, we've got to say a big howdy to Charles Brandon Mills, fan in Mission Kansas, representing and saying hello via the Facebook. Thank you so much for being a fan and uh, sharing your enthusiasm for all things track. We're not going to cross the Pacific Ocean. We're going to go flying across in our great big Trek uh, talking mobile here, our great big... Uh, vehicle of fan acknowledgement and we're going to go to uh, yokosuka japan and we're going to say hello to larry logan larry logan you are in yokosuka japan man that must be incredible do i envy the cuisine choices you have at your disposal oh my goodness larry it must be amazing so i bet there's all kinds of good star trek stuff happening in japan my friend i bet you're having all kinds of folks you can have star trek conversations with there it is great that you're wanting to have them with us as well Next, a place on this planet that is in my top two places I must get to and visit soon, the stunning land of Scotland, which is part of my background and heritage, and I hear it calling to me daily. I must go there, and perhaps when I am, I'll be saying hello and a kapla to Tracy J. Cox, a massive fan in Scotland. Doesn't say where, Tracy, but uh, I am really curious to learn more about your magnificent country. So thank you for reaching out to us, and uh, I almost feel like I can hear bagpipes now, which is a wonderful thing. Kapla also goes out to fan Ted Hugh from the U.S. originally, but living in Shanghai now, all the way in Shanghai, Ted Hu. See, we've got fans all over the planet that are reached by Star Trek and that are reached by their fondness for our podcast and our Facebook page. So thanks, Ted, for saying hello. And finally, uh, to Shane McMinn. Shane McMinn lives all the way down on the other end of the hemisphere in Queanbeyan, New South Wales, Australia. And in addition to being a Star Trek fan, is also a mad Hoovian. Self-identified there, Shane. I'm hoping you got to listen to the show on Monday uh, where we did both Star Trek and Who Enthusiasm courtesy of our friends uh, out on Long Island there doing some convention action. So, Shane, if you haven't heard that show, be sure to listen to it. And you can listen to that show and find it on 
TrekTalking.com, where all of our shows are listed and easily discoverable. And you can listen to that and get a big dose of Doctor Who enthusiasm. And with that, I'll pass it over to Uncle Jim, brother. Yeah, we're almost done with our fan shout-outs, guys. We want to say Kaplot, a Crystal Ann who's listening in Michigan. We also want to say Kaplot, a Karen Winslow who says, She's from Houston, old school, old enough to have watched original on new colored Sylvania TV. You know, <laughs> I remember that. I remember when, when color TV came out. Yes, I'm that old. That it was a big deal to Star Trek in living color. In fact, that was one of their advertising uh, gimmicks, if you, remember, if you guys recall. Now, yeah, because the color. different shirts were in different primary colors, which is a great way to show off what this set looked like. So it was really, uh, we did, everyone takes it for granted now, but I grew up watching black and white, man. Totally. Yeah. And when my parents finally you know, sprung for a color TV, it was earth shattering. And one of those things that you notice when you watch Star Trek is that they had different colored lights shining in the hallways and things so that when they're walking down the hallway, it was blue and green and red and yellow, and there was color all over the place because it was in living color, and they wanted to show that off. So there was a lot of color in Star Trek. We take, like Paul said, we take that for granted today, but I remember watching it on black and white, so that's pretty well, and cool. Jim, you, so. can, you can experience that live, too, as I did uh, next year, if you want, or at some point. If anybody goes out to uh, Trek Conderoga or Ticonderoga, New York, and goes to those original set tours, they do a set, of, a set of tours that they call their moonlight tours. And when they do the moonlight tours, they turn down the bright lighting, and they uh, just let the colored lighting kind of speak for itself, and it really makes it pop. You're walking down that curved hallway of the Enterprise, and it is like you are in a Technicolor dream. Uh, oh, wow. It's really amazing. Yeah. That sounds really cool, man. Is that not the coolest thing, Eric, when you when you go there for the first time? Oh, it's so cool, man. It's just like you're standing in like so many spots that you're like, hey, that's the thing. Hey, that's the hey, Spock stood there. Or like you're just like it, it's and it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's so detailed. When, it's great. When those doors open and yeah. you step in <laughs> Uh, and you see the curving hallway, and you see the transporter room, and and uh, sick bay, and 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 all Engineering. the oh, all there. That's amazing. The Jeffries yeah. too. Um, it's it's awesome. It really is. So yeah. So anyway, it's it's cool. <laughs> uh, so anyways, back to our fan shoutouts. Uh, we'd like to say happy, or we'd like to say not happy birthday. We'd like to say kapla. <laughs> Uh, to Michael Burrell, who's listening to us in South Carolina. And last but not least, we want to say kapla to Catherine Patricia Driver, who's listening to us in Northern California. We have our Star Trek birthdays coming up next, but first, we have a caller on the line. Somebody who let their fingers do the walking and called Trek Talking, probably from trektalking.com. So um, let's see if I can get this thing to work here. Sometimes it's finicky. There we go. It's connected. Hey, good evening. Thank you for calling. Talking. What's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hello? Hello? It's Ray. What's up, Ray? What's happening, buddy? Ray, buddy, I'm sorry about the Yankees, guys. Yo, I listen, listen. (laughs) This is why I call. I was hesitating about this part 
But let me, you know what? Let me give a, let me give my shout out for this what they did. They did their best, and my mother did did their best. But right by now, it's like the same thing again. The the, the, the underdogs, the first against the Astros is the same exact thing a couple years ago. Now the two underdogs again, the underdogs yep. of baseball, the underdogs. So around you, the end of the day, I will be all right. And I say it's always next year, fellas. It's always mm-hmm. next year. So yes, I, well, yes, I, yes. I, 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 well, Ray, yeah, I gotta tell you, I understand. My Mets didn't do too well either. Uh, they had the best record, but it didn't help them in the end. Um, so, I know. you know, I, I was. Know. I know, and I know, I know, I know. Dad, okay, ask my wife. I did. I say, I asked my wife. I say, what's up? Did, 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 did your mom call? He said, yeah, he called. I, okay, but, but, I mean, why don't you, she would have ranked me on this one. But no way until the end of the day, I, 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 um, let, let, okay, let's do this. I got my behind kick. They got, they got the behind kick. But the day's always next year. You know what I'm saying? Let's let, let call this. Now, let's see what happened between the Phillies, the Phillies and the Astros. Now, we're going we, we, we to work on this one. Well, you know what? what they say, Ray. There's no crying in baseball. That's of course, say. I know, I know. I love, I love my league. I love my league. Um, uh, you, you know, uh, oh, oh, I love a league, league alone. But I mean, but yep. I, mean, I, mean, but, I mean, but I mean, but I, I, I do, I do since since the one thing about a guy, about a guy on uh, Star Trek on black about black about white, right? I, I did the same thing going on, the same thing. What was going on? You don't say no wrong with that. You know, you know, it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? But time changed, so let's let's see what happens. Let's have let's, let's the next couple couple weeks like like this. But like I said, I put, I'm gonna put my money on the Phillies. Let's see what happens. The Phillies? Well, you know, I gotta tell you, Ray, I'm really not a huge Phillies fan. They finished third place. They they only won 87 games. They barely finished over 500. And I just don't think yeah, they yeah. deserve to be there. Uh, I, so I, uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> deserve. Well, is deserve well, even fit in baseball, man? Come on. I don't know. I, I, no. When you finish oh, yeah. third, when you finish in third, that's kind of like mind-blowing. It's like, you know, it's like, I, don't I think know. the Phillies have a heck of a shot, man. I think they have a, a very good shot. I really do. I mean, you know, it's, they, they might, got a heck of a might. nickname and a heck of a legacy. So we'll see. I don't know, man. Yeah, very curious. Yeah, like, like I said, like I said, they might have it. But like I said, let's see what's going on with this. Let's see, let's see, let's see what's going on. And then, and then, and then between all of us, in this podcast, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, that's all we can do. Let's, let's see what's up with this one. In the day, something might happen. Well, someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. That's that's baseball. Yeah, I know. After that, and what about the Giants? The Giants and the Jets? What's going on with these brothers? They come up this for some reason. Yeah, I'm not. I'm more of I'm a Jets maybe, fan myself. Maybe, 
Neither I'm not down them either. Me, neither. Maybe I'm not down. I'm not down with them. That's it. I keep tabs on my phone. You know, um, my, my NFL. I keep tabs and the season stuff. But anyway, you know, those 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 in the end of day, like you said before, Uncle Jim, let's see what happens. Yep, that's all we can do. <laughs> all right, then. But. All right, then. All right, then. I, I got to go. Do we say you have a blessed night and everything else? All right, call guys next week. You know what I'm saying? Doing this, doing doing this this, this nightmare is going on. Like I say, and, 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 and before going, we'll say one more thing. Kapla. Kapla. Thanks Ray. Take it easy, buddy. Thanks, man. Go Niners. <laughs> <laughs> That's a team everybody okay. can root for. All right. <laughs> Completely, man. That's the unification. Yep. Ray is, Ray is from the Bronx. They got great pizza down in New York. So No, they got great everything in the Bronx, man. The Bronx is awesome. The Bronx is they, awesome. So this is the part of the show where we get to have some fun. This is where we do our Star Trek birthdays. And this is fun because we get to remember episodes and characters that maybe have slipped your mind. Maybe you forgot about. Maybe you haven't thought about in decades. That's right, guys. Decades. Let that sink in. So oh, uh, to remember and say, well, geez, I haven't seen that episode in 29 years. Maybe I'm going to watch it. So that's what we do our Star Trek birthdays. But before we do that, we got to do this. That was not a Klingon song. All right, guys. So we always start off our Star Trek birthdays, as you may or may not know. By remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. So, Eric, take it away. Yeah, Jim, tonight we are going to be remembering 11 members of our Star Trek community who would have had birthdays this week. Uh, The first is actress Julie Parrish, who, of course, played Miss Piper in the TOS episode The Menagerie, a little episode you may have heard of. Um, She began her uh, television and film career in 1962, and interestingly, uh, the following year, she portrayed, um, she was in a movie, uh, excuse me, a TV series, an NBC television series called Temple Houston, which starred, guess who, Jeffrey Hunter in the title role. Uh, and And then later again, she worked with Hunter in a pilot episode of a show called The FBI. So she's got at least three projects here going with Jeffrey Hunter, which I think is fantastic. So there you Did go. Did you just say that Jeffrey Hunter was in an episode of the FBI? He was in the pilot episode. I did not know this. Oh, my oh. God. That's incredible. Yeah. There you go. You have to watch that again. Pull it up. Uh, well, happy birthday, Julie Parrish. Uh, you are missed. Uh, some, some great roles in there uh, for you. So. Uh, We're also remembering this week actress Georgia Brown, who, of course, uh, is the lovable uh, mother of our dear wharf, Helena uh, Rojenko. She's just so fantastic. Um, I'm afraid that wharf feels that we do not understand him. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> yep, absolutely. And um, she was just, it's hard to believe that she was only in two episodes because you kind of feel like you just really know her and you know what a sweetheart she is and you know why um, Worf has that soft, dishy center <laughs> that he, of course, has. So um, just a fantastic job in that role, uh, I think. Um, her first television appearance was way back on the Ed Sullivan show uh, back in the day. Um, she also earned a BAFTA Film Award nomination for her role in the 1971 film, The Raging Moon, which also co-stars Malcolm McDowell. Another little Star Trek connection there. Um, and she also finally earned an Emmy nomination for her guest appearance as Madame Lazora in an episode of Cheers, uh, which of course has crossovers with both Kirstie Alley and Kelsey Grammer. So there you go. There is your crossovers for Georgia Brown this week. Um, Georgia would have had a birthday this week. Fantastic actress, and she is missed. So happy birthday, Georgia. Happy birthday also to James Daly, who played Flint in the TOS episode Requiem for Methuselah. Um, great episode. Uh, you probably know who Flint is. He's the main immortal in that one. Born in Wisconsin Rapids. Wisconsin, not too far from where I hail from, and of course is the father of both Tim Daly and the fantastic Tyne Daly, who I just cannot get enough of in my life. She's, she's one of the best as far as I'm concerned. Um, he also starred uh, in a what show called talking? Medical Center. What's Are that? you talking the Tyne Daly uh, from Cagney and Lacey? Yeah, man. That's dad. That's wow. dad. So oh, there you go. Cool. Um, and he acted all the way up his final acting role was in a show called Roots the Next Generation um, which aired just one year after his death so James long and prosperous career uh, and a couple of really talented kids out there happy birthday James Daly happy birthday also to Albert Stratton who played the role of Kushel in the TNG episode The Outrageous Okana which we have covered a couple of times on this podcast Eric does it seem to you like we every week we have a birthday from <laughs> this episode? <laughs> it kind of feels like there's been a rash of them lately, which is kind of funny because then there were like the, the references from Lower Decks. It started with the Lower Decks references as soon as they brought the O'Connor into it. I felt like we got a whole bunch more. Maybe we're just looking for them. I don't know. Yeah, but how many people in that episode, for God's sakes, you know? I know. <laughs> it just well, seems uh, like I'll... every week, like, Someone from Outrageous Okada. Amazing. I, you know, who knows? Um, well, he, he was Kushel in that episode. Um, way better known for his role as Lieutenant Tom Donnelly in the long-running television drama Love is a Many Splendored Thing. Um, he starred in that role from 1969 to 1973. And in the 90s, he co-starred with Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell in what show, guys? Quantum Leap. Leap. Yes. So Albert Stratton oh, made his way around, touched Star Trek actors, future Star Trek actors in a couple uh, ways there as well. So happy birthday to Albert Stratton. Happy birthday as well to Mel Winkler, who played Jack Hayes in the Voyager episode, The 37s. If you have not seen that episode, after you get done with this podcast, go turn on your television, watch that episode. It's such a good one. Um, many, many guest stars on television. Um, in 87, he was in a third season episode of The Cosby Show with Gates McFadden, which I did not know Gates McFadden <laughs> wow. was on The Cosby Show. So there you go. Um, and this, uh, 
crossover I really dig because I loved this show. He voiced the character of Lucius Fox on the newer version of the show I used to watch, the new Batman Adventures. Um, we, you know, the old role was voiced by Brock Peters uh, when it was called Batman the Animated Series. Love that show so much. But uh, he's got a voiceover of Lucius Fox in that show. And he was in All the Right Moves, Doc Hollywood, and Devil in a Blue Dress, among other movies. So Mel Winkler, very talented actor, would have had a birthday this week. Happy birthday to Mel. Happy birthday also to John Winston, who, of course, portrayed one of our favorites, Commander Kyle, through all three seasons of TOS. <laughs> so great. He also reprised that role in Star Trek II, which I think is the coolest part. Like, he got a second shot at it, right? Um, I just think that's so cool. And Kyle was in a ton of episodes. You can't even list them all because he was, he was just in a whole bunch of them. Um, and then later, you know, I don't know how many people know this, uh, kind of in the years where we were living off fan films, he actually uh, portrayed Captain Jeffries in the fan-made internet series Star Trek New Voyages also, uh, the pilot episode Come What May back in 2004. So he's got some Star Trek kind of adjacent, beta-adjacent fan-made stuff uh, under his belt as well. Um, uh, and then he was, you know, no stranger to science fiction. He was on Time Tunnel and a couple other sci-fi shows back in the day. So John Winston, another very talented actor. Uh, lost at the age of 91. Happy birthday to you. Wow. Happy birthday as well to Whit Bissell, who played Lurie in the TOS episode Trouble with Tribbles. One that we <laughs> so great, man. like to have fun with, right? <laughs> um, one of his more memorable roles is that of Dr. Alfred Brandon in the cult science fiction film I Was a Teenage Werewolf, uh, <laughs> which I guess is from 1957. I have not seen that. Have you seen that movie, Paul? Oh, yeah. It's been a while, but absolutely. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's the one with Michael Landon is the werewolf, if I'm not ah. mistaken. I'm pretty sure it is. See, but, uh, I thought it was Bissell Michael is like he, So many, it's like, he, it's like if you turn on any movie from like the 50s and the 60s, and there's, an, there's a character who's like an army general, it's almost always Whit Bissell. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> always. We need to do, he's like trying to convey that you need to do the right thing, but damn it, somebody's got to stand up and, and really make this happen, right? It's like ethical, but forceful, right? That's Whit yeah. Bissell. He's great, like you know? Yeah. Guy stuck in a hard place who's just trying to represent the, the middle manager. It's just, yeah. he's so perfect, man. Yep. Uh, that, and he played a very similar role. He was a regular on the Time Tunnel television series as well, where he coincidentally played a lieutenant general named Kirby. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Perfect, man. Oh, perfect. Time Tunnel is great. Time Tunnel is so great. Um, Whit Bissell would have had a birthday this week. Thank you so much for your contributions. Um, just really, really good stuff there. Uh, happy birthday as well to Peter Dennis, uh, who was our dear Isaac Newton in the Voyager episode Death Wish, uh, in the Voyager episode Death Wish. And he also played Admiral Hendricks in the episode Friendship One. Um, Peter Dennis, very, very talented actor, was on British television for like 30 years before he even came to the United States uh, and then began acting in America in the 90s. Um, he was in the very first episode of Murder, She Wrote uh, here, which I think is pretty cool. Um, it crosses over with Murphy Brown and Brian McNamara. So Peter Dennis, uh, another very talented actor, uh, would have had a birthday this week. So happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday as well to Edwin Reimers, who played Admiral Fitzpatrick in the TOS episode, The Trouble with Tribbles. That's two from that episode this week, which I think is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Born in Moline, Illinois. Once again, not too far from where I grew up. Um, Reimers, you know this guy, even if you don't know him from this episode, because he literally, for 22 years, was the Allstate guy. He's the cup <laughs> hands. He's like the cup hands and the, you know, you're in good hands with Allstate. That's his voice. Um, so Ed had a fantastic voice, did, like I said, all state commercials for 22 years, um, did a lot of voice, uh, like announcer type stuff, uh, on television programs, made a couple of movies in the fifties and sixties, but, um, very talented actor. So happy birthday, uh, to Ed Reimers, uh, happy birthday as well to Steve Sander, who played Lars in the TOS episode, the Gamesters of Triskelion. Uh, I bet 5,000 quadrus. 6,000 quadrus against the newcomers. That's right. And um, he, man, before he was an actor, he had like two careers already. He started as a steel worker in Pennsylvania and then um, used to train sentry dogs uh, while he was an air policeman in the Air Force. Um, Did some movies in the 60s and 70s, uh, provided the voice for Superman, uh, uh, or excuse me, for Orion on Superman, the animated series in the 90s. So happy birthday to Steve Sander. And our final remembrance this week goes out to dear, sweet, ancient, (laughs) even up until the time of Viola Stimson. Um, She is the lady in Star Trek IV who... Uh, points out perhaps he's singing to that man, you know, <laughs> uh, credited as the tour lady. Um, she did not even start her acting career until she was in her 70s. No kidding. Born in 1906. That's awesome. um, she is the longest lived Star Trek actor ever. Um, died at the ripe old age of 101 years old. Whoa. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and Star Trek Four is—I mean, Shatner absolutely plays that scene perfect. Oh, I mean, perfect. When, yeah. when the way Nimoy sets up the shot, and you, without even saying a word, you can see the look on Captain Kirk's face when he's looking around trying to find Spock, and he can't find him anywhere. He walks over, and he's standing behind Viola, and she goes, "Perhaps she's singing to that man," and Kirk just puts his hand on his head and he shakes his head like, oh, no. <laughs> it's a perfect. Nimoy set that perfect, and Shatner executed it. It's one of my favorite scenes in Star Trek IV, it, just because of the way it's played out. Um, it's perfect. Nimoy did it perfect. Shatner pulled it off perfect. I love and that. Viola, and Viola did her part there. I just And she played that part in a whole bunch of other shows. Like, she just had those kind of, like, little bit parts where they just use her as kind of the the uh, the token old person, I guess I'll say, who would maybe have one line. Or, <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I just think it's cool that she didn't even start acting until her 70s. So good for you, girl, for getting it started late in your career. Um, happy birthday to Viola Kate Stimson, who would have had – a birthday um, this week. So that's it for our remembrances this week, guys. So I think I shall now pass the birthday candle over to Paul for those who are still with us that have birthdays this week. 
You do that so well, man. I, I feel like I'm in a in like a wonderful college film history class whenever you take us through this segment because you just take your time and you get those. It's like a great trivial pursuit round, right, where you get to learn all this cool stuff about people. And I like how it always – it's like – you know, we pay so much attention to A-listers in Hollywood, right? I mean, so much. But this is a chance to, like, really call out actors who are just craftsmen, who had little parts to play, yeah, small parts, but memorable parts, who help weave the fabric of all these great shows, right, that we sometimes just overlook. And it's a chance to just give that, you know, acknowledgement and, uh, and, and rediscover their work even after they've gone on it's it's really an amazing segment so i always just absolutely look forward to this more than anything else it's the best oh, thanks paul you, you do a great job yeah, so 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 fun i've got several here who are having birthdays this week these are folks who are still among the living so god only knows what kind of mischief they're up to this week i mean i can't even imagine one of my favorite episodes of the next generation is an episode called the inner light i'm sure folks know about it and know it well if you don't my god as soon as you're done watching that Voyager episode that yeah. Eric recommended, Actually, you better watch The Inner I'm Light. Gonna say, <laughs> I'm going to say go watch Inner Light first. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's move you, if you could get through that episode and not uh, shed a tear, I will be really surprised. It's powerful stuff. But actor Daniel Stewart played uh, Bataille in that episode. I believe he played the young Bataille if I'm not mistaken. So fantastic stuff. And I'm believing, if I'm not mistaken, isn't there like a, a, a family connection? If I'm not mistaken. I, 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 I think, I think you're right. I think, I think Captain Kirk might be his uncle. No, I don't think that's it, Jim. I think that's it. I think we were talking about a little bit more of a, an intimate uh, connection on here. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he is, the actual, not on the show in the episode that some guy wrote that's fiction, but in real life, Daniel Stewart is the son, the real life son of Patrick Stewart. How about that? That's big. Wow. Fun. Absolutely. And uh, one of those folks who, who came up through uh, uh, doing all kinds of, of Shakespeare, like his father did, uh, is a very tall cat, too. He's like six, three and a half. So I don't think you miss Daniel Stewart in the crowd, but uh, amazing part. And it's really great to have that connection with his father. I bet that was a lovely moment for them to, uh, to share working in what became one of the greatest episodes of Star Trek of all time. I love this next actor. I don't know where you are, brother, but man, do I love watching you work. Uh, the great Robert Costanzo, who we're acknowledging here today because he appeared in the next gen episode Manhunt as Slade Bender, which is a great character. But Robert Costanzo, it's like if you've watched a movie, you've seen Robert Costanzo's work because he's one of those amazing character actors. Let's just put it this way. Let's sum him up by his character name from Die Hard 2. Okay, Sergeant Vito Lorenzo. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is the kind of part that you see Robert Costanzo playing in, right? He is always cast as the beefy, blue-collar, Italian New Yorker. Oh, I don't know why I relate to that, but I do. Um, he was a paint store customer in Saturday Night Fever back in 1977, right? He was in Total Recall with Arnold. He's the guy that was working the jackhammers together, right? Uh, he was in City Slickers playing a character named Sal Morelli. Ooh, cast against type. Oh, what do you know? 
He's just been in everything, man. He has been in everything. And, uh, and man, uh, still working right now out there doing work, uh, getting, getting it paid, getting it done, man. So, uh, huge happy birthday, Robert Costanzo. You've made a magnificent career as indelible people. So absolutely great. Happy birthday also to Elias Tufexis, who played Cold in the Star Trek Discovery episode Context is for Kings and Laak in season five. So very, very newcomer to the Star Trek universe, but one you can never escape from, Elias. So welcome and happy birthday. Uh, I'm super excited to acknowledge this next individual. The wonderful, the magnificent, the legendary. I'm sorry, that's the only word. The legendary. F. Murray Abraham. Yes, F. Murray Abraham is part of the Star Trek universe, thanks to Star Trek Insurrection, where he played the character of Ruafo. But F. Murray Abraham has done so many astonishing things in his career. It's just, it's humbling. He is absolutely just ridiculous. Uh, I'm a big fan. I mean, of course, I hope most people, I don't know that this movie gets as much attention nowadays as it should but uh, if you've never seen the astonishing picture uh, Amadeus about mm-hmm. the Wolfgang Mozart from the great Milos Forman, this is a picture you need to see. Um, uh, F. Murray doesn't play Mozart. He plays his uh, quote-unquote mediocre rival, Salieri, right? And mm-hmm. it's one of the great film performances of, uh, I think, of all time. He is just magnificent, uh, really does a ton of great stuff. Um, he was just recently. Uh, did anybody watch Moon Knight on uh, on uh, Disney Plus, the great Marvel show? Well, Conchu, right? He was the voice of Conchu. <laughs> what are you doing? What is wrong with you? <laughs> that kind of voice. Oh, I, I did not. I did not know that. Yeah, that's F. Murray, man. We will, you know, telling you get up off, get off off your ass and kill him. <laughs> F. Murray, man, F. Murray, and uh, there's a really great uh, espionage spy series for you spy fans uh, that was on Showtime called Homeland. Okay, and wow, did he have a great part on Homeland as well? So if you're not familiar with uh, Mr. Abraham's work. Get familiar. He is a living legend. I'm particularly fond of him because we share a birthday together. And so uh, every year as I raise my flagon to toast my health, I like to toast you as well. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania native F. Murray Abraham, because you are a freaking legend, sir. And it is just uh, an honor to share anything with you, especially a day of birth. Happy birthday also to Richard McGonagall, who played Jadar in the next-gen episode, New Ground. Hope you're having a fantastic night, have a fantastic week. You should make your birthday last all week long, if you can, Richard. And let's go back to the back of the sock drawer to, I'm sorry, for me, a beloved old-school original series episode. Happy birthday, Sheila Layton, who played Luma in the original series episode, Spock's Brain. That episode gets so much grief, but it is just preposterously entertaining and fun. It is a little campy when you apply modern sensibilities to it, but it is never not entertaining. It's very difficult to stop watching. Brain and brain. What is brain? What is brain? It's something you don't have. I, I ask my question myself that same question frequently. So, Miss Sheila Layton, wherever you may be, uh, please know that there is a whole planet full of Star Trek fans that remember you fondly 
for your contributions to what made one of the most classic TV shows of all time, the original series episodes, Box Brain. And when you hear people diss it, we're not dissing you. We love you, Sheila Layton. So thank you. And uh, to close my section out here, I want to just give a big shout out to a gentleman who I would like to consider one of the modern heroes of Star Trek. He's a very courageous individual. He's a phenomenal actor, and he's not one to remain silent. He's somebody who speaks out, and he's somebody who insists that uh, civil rights and dignity uh, be something that everybody shares. I'd like to say happy birthday to the great Anthony Rapp, uh, mm-hmm. who plays uh, Lieutenant Commander Paul Stamets on Star Trek Discovery. I don't really feel that show would even have remotely half of its identity and ferocity and uh, and just strength of unique perspective were it not for your work on that show and the character you've created. Um, uh, the fact that you're willing to portray a, a, a often dismissed relationship um, with the partner you love on that show and insist that the person not be a caricature, but be a real human being that deserves dignity and respect is just, you are changing television history with the work that you do on that show. And uh, is a phenomenal actor and uh, somebody who, uh, always embodies a, a lot of dignity and uh, courage and also kind of a cockeyed youthful optimism. Um, and I don't think it gets called out enough, but Anthony Rapp is hilarious. If you watch, <laughs> He often gets put in these intense moments where he's like, you know, Oh God, I got to do this intense thing. That's going to change the universe. If I don't do it right because of spores or whatever. Right. But Anthony Rapp is hilarious. He's really makes that, uh, that performance, that character, he is hilarious and really funny just as often as he is really serious and in dire straits. So what an incredible gaggle of amazing actors, just a tiny slice of the many powerful and gifted performances, performers who lent, lent their talents to the world that is Star Trek. And what an incredible world it is. Jim, who do you got, buddy? Well, I just want to say a couple things about Anthony Rapp. Uh, first of all, I thought one of the two of the scenes that I thought were phenomenal with Anthony Rapp is when Adira comes on the show uh, the first time and she's down in engineering and she is being referred to by everybody else as she. And Adira turned, I think it was Captain Burnham that was there, or was it? I think it was Captain Burnham comes down. It was Burnham, yeah. It was Burnham, and Captain Burnham uh, says, well, how long will it take? And Stamets turns to Captain Burnham and says, well, she's quick with these things. It won't be long. And then Burnham leaves. And that was the whole exchange. And then and then uh, they turn, well, she turns to Stamets and says, it's they. And he just says, okay. And that was it. He He just accepted that. Like it was no big deal at all, and I that scene I thought was beautiful, right there. And the the other scene that he does that I think is is brilliant is when Burnham shoots him out of the airlock in the little bubble at the end of last <laughs> season, and he's crying because uh you know Hugh is is dying on the planet and mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, and he says how can you do this, and and Burnham just shoots him out into the bubble. It, it was a brilliant scene, uh, yeah. and and. He, those characters that we hated at first he was curmudgeon but he grew on you 
as the seasons went along. And uh, speaking of comedy, <laughs> there's a show, a movie that came out uh, 86, 87. 87. Uh, with a shoe um, in it from a Karate Kid. And it's called Adventures in Babysitting. And we, you see a 13-year-old Anthony Rapp in that movie. And if you yep. want to see how he, funny he can be and how dorky he can be, go and watch Adventures in Babysitting. It's very 80-ish, very corny, very campy, but funny as all hell. So, and Jim, I'll, pig, I'll piggyback on that, just my quick Anthony Rapp thing. I... So I knew him from, obviously, Adventures of Babysitting and uh, Dazed and Confused back in the day. But I fell in love with this man when he, of course, played Mark Cohen in the original Broadway production of Rent. Yeah. Um, that yes. soundtrack, I, when I found out about that soundtrack, I listened to that soundtrack for like a year. <laughs> and then I finally got to see it. I never got to see him. But, um, but yeah, just uh, amazing voice, amazing portrayal of that role, amazing musical. So just props for that as well yeah star trek we are fortunate as star trek fans to have so many awesome actors that 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 share their skills and their craft with us and we get to enjoy it every single week that's just awesome but guys believe it or not we're almost done with the birthdays once i only got five left and then then we're done so the first one on my list we want to say happy birthday to Catherine a swink better known as kitty uh, she's the wife of this guy with big ears, Armin Shimmerman, who plays Quark <laughs> on Deep Space Nine. That's his wife, uh, believe it or not. But she played the Bajoran minister, Roseanne, in the episodes Sanctuary, and Lauren in the episodes Tacking into the Wind. So she's not only married to Quark, but she's been on two episodes of Deep Space Nine. So happy Because, birthday. Jim, it's the 112th rule of acquisition. If possible, get a job for your wife. That's right. And you know what? I reached out to her uh, through social media and invited her to come on to this podcast. So perhaps we'll be talking to her. Oh, that would be wonderful. Far off in the future. Happy birthday to Catherine. We also want to say happy birthday. This guy is uh, close to my own heart. Um, he, uh, is, he spells his name different but pronounces it the same. Biff. Jaeger, who played Chief Engineer Lieutenant Commander Argyle in the TNG episodes Where No One Has Gone Before and Data Lore. That's back in the beginning of TNG where they had a different Chief Engineer in every episode uh, and then Jordy took over and that was the end of that. Uh, he was one of those guys, but he appeared twice. So happy birthday to Biff Jaeger. Um, and the one that I have, I always save the Klingons for last, so we'll get to them in a minute. But the last one I have on my list is, in my opinion, one of the best characters on um, Voyager. Um, I, I think he came he came into his light even more when Seven of Nine came aboard because we had a hologram teaching a Borg humanity. It was it was a great combination. Um, we want to say happy birthday to Robert Picardo, who played the emergency medical hologram or the Doctor Doctor Zimmerman on Voyager. But this guy's been in so much stuff. Um, Inner space. You, guys, you ever mm-hmm. see Total Recall? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was the little, the little taxi driver guy in Total Recall. Um, Johnny Cab. <laughs> Johnny yeah, Cab. Thanks for choosing Johnny Cab. 
I mean, he's just, he's been in it all. But I love him as, as the holographic doctor on Star Trek Voyager. Now we get to the Klingons, guys. And boy, have I got some really, really good ones. We want to say kapla to Karen Austin, who played Dr. Caladrina in DS9's episode, Nor the Battle to the Strong. But that's not what we're remembering for. Tonight we're remembering her for playing the part of Mirel, the mother of Balana Taurus, the Klingon mother of Balana Taurus. And she appears in the Voyager episode, Barge of the Dead. And uh, if you're a product of the 80s, such as myself, there's another movie that she was in that we watched every single summer and maybe even twice during the summer because we're huge camping fans and we're huge John Candy fans. And uh, everything that happened to John Candy in this movie uh, probably would happen to me or has happened to me and my family when we go on vacation. And uh, she played John Candy's wife in the movie Summer Rental. And, uh, yeah, I just love that movie, and I love her portrayal. So happy birthday to Karen Austin. And I got the biggest Klingon of all. But this guy isn't just a Klingon. Uh, this guy, uh, what hasn't he been in? We want to say Kapla to Christopher Lloyd, who played Commander Krug in Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. What hasn't he done? He was in Roger Rabbit. Um, He was Fester in the Adams Family. Uh, He was uh, Dr. Brown. Great Scott in Back to the Future. Um, Right, Marty. He was was Reverend Jim on Taxi. Um, On and this guy has done everything and once again we're lucky to have him and star trek 3 the search for spock and uh i did i did get to meet him at a star trek convention believe it or not he was pretty awesome but i had him sign a back to the future poster my wife didn't want me to get him to sign a star trek poster don't ask me why <laughs> so i have an autograph of of his on a back to the future poster which is pretty cool and that that wraps up our star trek birthdays but wait but wait, there's one more. This is a very special birthday. This is an extra special birthday. And this is the first time that this birthday has ever been on Trek Talk. And so this is like issue number one of many issues yet to come. So um, I want to say happy birthday. Um, I haven't actually met this, this guy uh, in person, unlike Eric, who I had the pleasure of meeting at Trek Conoroga. Uh, I have never met this guy but i did meet him when we were doing the star trek wine collection for the star trek wine uh, he's better known as the wine guy later to be known as the toy guy and eric introduced him to this podcast on the wine segment and i thought that he did the wine segment he was just a natural at podcasting it seemed to me and he had the voice he had the personality he had the charisma and i thought you know he would make a great Trek spurt on Trek talking. And so I asked Eric, you know, now that the, the wines are over, maybe we want to see if Paul wants to come back and join us on the podcast. And of course he did. And here he is. So I think he's a great addition to our ever growing family of Trek spurts here on Trek talking. He's the newest addition of our family, I might add. And I want to say happy birthday to our very own Paul, the wine guy. You guys can go to, yeah. 
You can go to our TalkingTalk.com. Hey. I'm with gratitude and emotion. I can't even stand it. Oh, my God. And you oh, can man. read his eyes. <laughs> you can see his picture. And you know what? I got a special song that I got to send out to Paul. Here we go, Uh-oh. Paul. This is out. <laughs> With another mouth to feed Seems that everywhere you look today There's misery and greed I guess you know the earth Is going to crash into the sun But that's no reason Why we shouldn't have a little fun So if you think it's scary If it's more than you can take Just blow out the candles And have a piece of cake Happy birthday Happy birthday to you Happy birthday <laughs> Best shout out ever, man! Thank you so much. That is so kind of you guys, man. Come on over here. Thank you. I, you know, I, yep. I do think that you should try to, you know, as much as possible, take your birthday and stretch it out to the end of whatever month it is. So I'm not surrendering my enthusiasm for a few more days. So no. thanks, I appreciate it, and I will now use this to justify much misbehavior in the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you Thanks, so that Jim. Our, that's all of our birthdays for this week, guys. We had a lot, but we saved the best for last, as always. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for... you get us started on our convention calendar absolutely our very first convention we're tracking is anime los angeles january 5th through the 8th at long beach convention center and entertainment center in beautiful long beach california so go check out anime los angeles if you're uh up a little bit further up closer to us you can head over to seattle washington and go to anthro northwest that same weekend at the hyatt regency in seattle so anthro northwest January 5th through the 8th in Seattle. Fan Expo New Orleans is that same weekend at the New Orleans Ernest N. Memorial Center in beautiful New Orleans, Louisiana. So go check out Fan Expo New Orleans there. Or you could go check out St. Pete Comic Con that same weekend at the Coliseum in St. Petersburg, Florida. So we've got all the beautiful corners of this country covered. If you're in San Jose, uh, the following weekend, you could go to Further Confusion, January 12th through the 16th. What a great name for a con. Uh, uh, At the San Jose McHenry Convention Center in San Jose, California. Or perhaps if you are over in Altoona, Pennsylvania, January 13th through the 15th, you could go to the Blair County Convention Center to SetsuCon. So uh, there you go. That's my list of cons. Uh, What's yours look like, Paul? Well, man, I got a bunch. There's all kinds of them, and it's just blowing my mind. Guys, we're talking about 2023 cons already. We're in January. How'd that happen? 
because we only look ahead a little bit. And if we're only looking ahead a little bit and we're talking January, that means there's not much left this year, which is kind of freaking my mind out here. So we haven't even gotten to uh, Halloween yet. So crazy, crazy stuff. You know how in February, friends, we always talk about Valentine's Day. Well, friends, in January, there's a similar holiday called Valentine's Day. <laughs> Valentine's Day is January 13th in Orlando, Florida, at the Central Florida Fairgrounds. That sounds like something from the Minions movie, Valentine's Day. I love it. Also, <laughs> January 19th, 22nd, 2023, in Columbus, Ohio, it's OhioCon. Not the state of Ohio, but O-H-A-Y-O, OhioCon, which is an anime convention at the Greater Columbus Convention Center, Hyatt Regency Columbus in Columbus, Ohio. Speaking of anime, if you're a little further south in Round Rock, Texas, uh, January 20th through 22nd, it's Ikikon 2023. That's I-K-K-I. Ikikon is also an annual three-day anime convention held during January at the Kalahari Resorts and Conventions. Center in Round Rock, Texas. So good stuff going on there. In Macon, Georgia, Georgia is a state where there's a lot going on. At the Anderson Convention Center, January 21st, it's the Middle Georgia Con- Comic Convention 2023. I like it when the convention has the word comic in it because I mm-hmm. know that all the right people are going to be there and you're going to be just thumbing through the bins making great discoveries. It's like a, a visit to a historical treasure trove to the back alleys of the library it's wonderful the things you come away with in new Braunfels, texas january 21st and 22nd the new Braunfels civic convention center it is retro mania that that makes me think i'll be finding toys at that particular convention if i were to go there so that's super super exciting and oklahoma city fans i am digging this convention name i am digging it a lot at the end of the month january 27th through 29th at the sheridan oklahoma city and downtown hotel in oklahoma city oklahoma it's anthro expo 2023 i don't know everything that's going on at anthro expo but i sure like the name of that con and that is concludes 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 our convention 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 <laughs> calendar 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 friends and I think that means it must be time for Star Trek Star. news. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level 9 authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black alert. Black alert. All right, guys. So this is our Star Trek news segment. All the stories we're going to talk about you can find on our Facebook page in their entirety rather than the Uncle Jim abridged version. Now, the first story that we're going to talk about actually happened last night about 45 minutes north of where I am right now. Unfortunately, I couldn't get a ticket. It filled out in a hurry. They were going to have it at the library. They moved it to the gymnasium at the high school. Made no difference. It still filled up, and I could not get in. So, But I felt the story was important to talk about, especially with everything that's going on in the world today. So, Eric, what is our first story? Uh, well, continuing to be, in my opinion, the most relevant uh, Star Trek star still with us these days, George Takei talks internment, freedom, and Star Trek. 
that's right, the auditorium at the Glens Falls High School got busy for plenty of reasons. Most of those are what you would expect. On Wednesday night, though, that same auditorium was packed for a far different reason as the city said hello to an iconic visitor who came ready with thoughts about where he was. When I heard Glens Falls, I wondered how many Glens fell how many times. (laughs) That was one of the opening (laughs) by actor and advocate George Takei, who visited Glens Falls on Wednesday night on a visit arranged by Crandall Public Library. Takei, most well-known for portraying Hikiro Sulu on Star Trek, spoke in front of an enthusiastic crowd, young and old alike. Although his time on board the USS Enterprise came up, as did his advocacy for membership in the LGBTQ plus community. The main topic of the visit reached even farther back. I remember asking my father, where are we going, Takei recounted. He said, we're going on a long vacation, a trip to the country on a train. The reality behind that story was told by the backdrop, the early months of 1942 following the attack on Pearl Harbor. The story Takei told was of his family's internment as a Japanese-American among other citizens during World War II. For Takei, the story of Japanese internment starts at age five. After Pearl Harbor, his family, like Asian-American citizens nationwide, faced everything from hate speech to violence as they were characterized in line with those responsible for the attack. He described his father getting him and his brother dressed quickly and then being met by armed soldiers at the door. The family of five left their Los Angeles home with two suitcases, a duffel bag, and two little boxes tied with twine. When they were gathered with other families of Japanese descent, they spent a period of time in temporary holding at a racetrack where they slept in a horse stable. When Takei's family was finally sent home at the end of the war, they faced the same reality as most. There wasn't much to come back to. Everyone was given a one-way train ticket anywhere in the country and $25. That got the Takei family home to Los Angeles, where housing and jobs were a nearly impossible struggle. As a teenager, Takei would ask his father about internment and what caused everything. His father's answer was that in order to uphold a society based on equality, everyone has to play an active role or else give in to fear, something that even President Franklin D. Roosevelt had done. His father's words would push Takei into activism, and eventually he testified before Congress in 1981 when reparations were being considered for Japanese-American internment. The U.S. would finally issue a formal apology in 1988. When that victory was mean- while that victory was meaningful for anyone of Japanese heritage, it was sad for Takei for one personal reason. His father had passed nine years earlier. Following the story in a thunderous round of applause, his decision to come out of the closet as a gay man at age 68, Takei admitted to feeling like a coward for staying silent. When his career was rising on Star Trek, it was in an, in an era where being, an openly, where being openly gay could ruin one's career. Even so, he knew gay actors and professionals in other fields who were making the hard choice, all for the sake of what they knew was right. When he finally came out, it was 2005 after Arnold Schwarzenegger, the then government of Calif- governor of California, shot down a bill that would legalize gay marriage in the state. And he has been a harsh advocate for all sorts of civil rights uh, along the way. This is a great um, story of him telling his story uh, at a high school to the local folks there. And, of course, um, this story, if you haven't seen it, uh, he's got a great uh, play that he put together 
called, uh, I think it's Allegiance, if I remember right, uh, which I have seen and was amazing and tells his story. And there's also a great um, graphic novel version of his story as well available out there. So, uh, yeah, very cool article. So uh, so bad I wanted to go. And you know who was there? Edwin and Rachel, who were on the podcast Monday, were there. Oh, really? <laughs> and I, I could not get a ticket. I could not get in. And I wanted oh, to my. so. But I, I, I thought it was important, very important to get this story on the podcast tonight because I think that too many people right now in the United States particularly uh, seem to like want to point fingers and hate people that are different than them. And I think it's very important that we don't go down that road. And this is an example of what can happen if we do, even right here in the United States, where we value freedom, where we value diversity. This can happen if we're not careful, if we don't watch what's going on. And that's really why I wanted to get this story on the show tonight, because I think it's a very important one and something that everybody should be aware of. So, Paul, you've got our next story for us, buddy. All right, man. I'm jumping out of order here, but I'm good to go. So we're going <laughs> to do... You're the birthday boy. <laughs> okay, man. I was just going by the script. Sorry about that. Yep. I'll, I'll jump past that next story and go to this one. Uh, Paramount Plus announces a December launch date for our friends in Europe, in France, Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. Paramount announced details for the launch of Paramount Plus in France, Germany, Switzerland, and Austria. The streaming service will launch in France on December 1st, followed by Germany, Switzerland, and Austria on December 8th. Yes, before the end of the year. The announcement mentions the service will include Star Trek Strange New Worlds, but it will likely also include Discovery and Prodigy, like with the UK and Italy launches earlier this year. Lower Decks and Picard will remain available in these regions via Amazon Prime Video. Legacy Star Trek series and movies will also be included with the streaming service in these four new countries. The price will be €7.99 a month or €79.90 for an annual subscription. The app will be available via Apple, Amazon, Google, Samsung, Roku, mobile devices, and more. Paramount Plus will also be available in Germany and Austria via Sky Cinema at no additional charge. And in France via Canal Plus Sari at no additional charge as well. The December launches will be the last launches of Paramount Plus in Europe in the near future. For the rest of Europe, Paramount Global has partnered with Comcast on a new service called Sky Showtime, which expanded to Portugal and the Netherlands on October 25th. Sky Showtime includes Paramount Plus originals, including original Star Trek content like Strange New World. Sky Showtime will launch in Spain, Andorra, and Central and Eastern Europe in early 2023. So confusing with all the streaming in the different yeah. markets and the different countries. Mm, you know, this is all good stuff, but you can also uh, hook yourself up with a little physical media when it's released in your various regions just to make sure you have permanent access in a way that's most convenient for you, beloved friends in Europe. And I think, are we going back to your story about Shatner's Star Trek V, Jim, or should we move ahead no, to Eric? I'm just going to keep moving on because I bumped George Takai in place of Shatner. If we have room, Got time, it. I'll swing back to it. All right, cool. 
All right. Well, our next news story uh, talks about uh, some Star Trek awards. Star Trek franchise set for visionary award at the 2022 Outfest Legacy Awards. Outfest will honor the Star Trek franchise with its visionary award at the 2022 Outfest Legacy Awards. That took place at Paramount Studios on Saturday, October 22nd. The Visionary Award recognizes creative or artistic contributions to the LGBTQIA plus visibility within media. Its 2021 recipient was Marvel Studios President of Physical and Post-Production, Visual Effects, and Animation Production, Victoria Alonso. IMDb's Chief Operating Officer, Nikki Santoro, presented the 2022 Visionary Award to Star Trek with Star Trek Discovery star Wilson Cruz accepting on behalf of the franchise. He said, as a self-proclaimed proud Trekkie, I've always been enamored with the Star Trek universe originating with Gene Roddenberry's original canon that has been created and expanded by so many visionaries, artists, and talent, both above and below the line. Uh, Outfest Executive Director Dean uh, S. Navarro said, we are excited to celebrate the dozens of ahead-of-their-time films, series, animation, games, arts, and graphic art and graphic novels that continue to feature some of the most well-rounded, diverse, and queer characters in their storylines. Outfest is a Los Angeles-based nonprofit this year celebrating its 40th anniversary, which looks to bolster the entertainment career of LGP, LGBTQIA plus artists, as well as the exhibition and preservation of underrepresented stories. So good job, Star Trek. And wow, 40th anniversary. That's amazing. Yeah, so that organization is amazing. Um, I mean, they started during the really hard times. And yeah. uh, Hilton could be the one who accepted the award, I think is really special too. Super courageous him. and cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So, so there you go. Uh, pass the torch back to Paul for some more news. All right, comic book fans, guess what? I am super excited about this, and I think you will be too, because, oh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds comic book miniseries is coming, and it's coming soon, launching in December. Get ready to continue the mission of exploring strange new worlds and seeking out new life and new civilizations to keep the bold space odyssey soaring until the second season. Comic book publisher IDW Publishing recently announced a Strange New World tie-in series coming to our galaxy in December. Merry Christmas, Strange New Worlds fans. To build on the success of the television series Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the Illyrian Enigma, ooh, tantalizing, is a four-issue miniseries that unfolds in the timeline between the hit show's first season and its highly anticipated sophomore outing arriving sometime, as yet to be announced, in 2023. Teaming up again are Star Trek Strange New Worlds co-executive producer Kirsten Beyer and veteran Star Trek author Mike Johnson. Star Trek Discovery Adventures in the 32nd Century, Star Trek Picard Stargazer. Acclaimed artist Megan Levens, Star Trek The Mirror War Troy, Star Wars Adventures, and colorist Charlie Kirchhoff, Star Trek Year 5. Complete this stellar creative team to deliver a warp speed outer space voyage for all ages. The only thing more fun than Strange New Worlds is more Strange New Worlds, said Johnson, Byer, and Gershoff in a joint IDW statement. We're thrilled to bring fans the first comic book adventure starring everyone's favorite new crew in an all-new story that picks up where season one left off. Because it's a big number one cliffhanger there. We couldn't be happier that Megan Levins is beaming aboard to join us. 
Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the Illyrian Enigma number one will blast off on December 21st. That's the solstice. Whoa. 2022 with four cover variants. But wait, there's more details. Uncle Jim, do you want to take this one or shall I? Uh, uh, Eric, you want to jump in? Sure, yeah. Uh, we are going to, I believe we're going to skip down to this one here, uh, and we're going to talk more about how Star Trek is getting celebrated for its representation. Uh, in addition to the Outfest Legacy Awards that we talked about just a little bit ago, um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds was honored with the seal of authentic representation for Bruce Horak's Hammer character. The Rudderman Family Foundation is an advocacy group that focuses on the advancement of people with disabilities, and the Rudderman Seal of Approval is awarded to television series and films, films featuring actors with disabilities in substantial speaking roles that, quote, show the commitment towards full inclusiveness in popular culture. Star Trek Strange New Worlds is being honored with the seal for the casting of Bruce Horak, a legally blind character uh, or actor, to play the blind character Enar Hemmer, chief engineer of the USS Enterprise. The latest group of studio productions is to receive our authentic seal of representation and because they have once again proven that practicing inclusive casting and authentic representation is not only a principled, morally sound choice, but a significant contributing factor to a production's actual success, said Jay Rutterman, president of the Rutterman Family Foundation in a statement. Sadly, Horak's hammer met his untimely end in the penultimate episode of the first season, which the actor knew was coming when he was originally cast, revealing later he was happy with the character's noble death and that working on the show was the best year of his life. And while Hammer may be gone, the show's producers have that they will be finding a way to bring Horak back, likely playing a different character. That's very exciting. Um, so way to go, Star Trek. I think it's, uh, you know, people are noticing what you're doing and you're getting these little awards because they matter to people. So fantastic job. Jim, I'm passing the torch back to you. Where do you want to go? Yeah, one final story here. Star Trek Prodigy episode titles for the entire rest of the season. So if you don't want to know the titles of these episodes, um, you know, go to, the, go to the bathroom, go get some chicken wings and, and run right back. Star Trek Prodigy returns this Thursday tonight, right now, after an eight-month hiatus, and we have the titles. This episode is titled Asylum After Escaping Lars Lam- uh, Tars Lamora and the Diviner for Good. Dahl and the U.S.'s protostar crew are using the stolen starship to perform good deeds around the galaxy. But after Gwyn lost her memories of the Diviner's evil plan, the team's goal to contact Starfleet may end up causing more trouble than they can imagine when they reach their first Federation facility. And we'll be talking about that next week. And here we go, guys. Episode 112 is titled Let Sleeping Borg Lie. Episode 13, All the World is a Stage. Episode 14, Crossroads. Episode 15, Masquerade. Episode 16, Preludes. Episode 17, Ghost in the Machine. Episode 18, Mind Walk. Episode 19, Supernova Part 1. And episode 20, Supernova Part 2. Um, and that wraps up our podcast, guys. We're now going to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. 
uh, last week's episode, uh, Trusted Sources. So if you'd like to share your opinion with Trusted Sources, give us a call at 646-668-24, and we will get you on the air. So before we get started, a Trusted Sources uh, is a Season 3, Episode 9. A visiting reporter on the Cerritos puts Captain Freeman on edge. And just in case you guys need a little reminder about the episode, uh, here's Mariner's log. Personal log, Stardate, technically, I don't need to record these anymore because I'm not in Starfleet. Surprise! I'm still going to log, though, because it just feels good. Not everything from Starfleet was whack. So, the new gig. I am a xeno-archaeologist. <laughs> Jealous. I work with this ex-fleet badass Petra who I met when we got in a fight. Well, initially, I was quick to judge her on-the-nose khaki outfits, but she has her own ship, she does what she wants, and isn't beholden to any dumb bureaucracy. Look, this wasn't my idea. My mom kicked me off the Cerritos, and I spent maybe 30 seconds on Starbase 80 before taking off because the whole place smells like old shrimp. For the record, I didn't talk trash about the Cerritos to that reporter. I would never do that to my family. But that's ancient history. Speaking of which, I have to get back to unearthing an obelisk. It's covered in ancient writing, and I'm pretty sure it's cursed. All right, guys. Every week on our Facebook page, which you can access through trucktalking.com, I ask you guys to score the episode on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best. And then we tally up all those scores and see what you guys thought. So, Eric, what did our Facebook fans have to say about Lower Deck's trusted source? Well, I just want to assure all our listeners that we are talking about trusted sources tonight, although that sound clip was from this week's, tonight's episode uh, but Ron Cropper thought last week's episode was decent. He gave us seven, not the best, but certainly not the worst. Uh, a Kellen Massette gave it a nine, solid. Def liked seeing the XXXXX again. <laughs> Thanks, a Kellen. Uh, top fan Paul Martin said eight, nice plot twist. Laurie Ulster gave it a seven, loved the dialogue and many of the details, but the sitcom setup, complete with misunderstanding, made it less entertaining. It was so obvious Mariner hadn't said anything bad. Patrick Slager gave it a 9 out of 10. Jay Simon said, is it me? Or was the graphics, especially the ship, really outstanding, as well as in this episode? A 9. Robert Williams gave it a 6.5. Don't like the innuendos about Mariner that became way too obvious and not so needed. Romero Ruiz said, started out a 10, went to about an 11, then slid to about an eight because of predictability. <laughs> Kathleen Burton gave it a nine, and Lorena Bronx gave it an 8.5. And Jim, that means that our fan score this week for this episode is an 8.1, and that is a very nice return to form uh, after the last couple of weeks, uh, which our fans had previously scored 4.4 and 6.5. So an 8.1, much more respectable. Absolutely. And usually at this point in the show, we would have Charles do cadet training, but Charles is flying on a jet plane right now uh, to Disney. So he's not here. So uh, I'll have to do it for you. So this is cadet training, and this is where we let you guys know what episodes you can go back and watch to find some of the finer details that were mentioned in this week's episode of Lower Decks. Uh, I didn't have time to go back and research every single reference uh, 
So um, I've only got two for you guys, but they're really important ones. Uh, first one, TNG Season 1, Episode 22, Symbiosis. This is the main one that you, if you're going to watch one, this is the one you want to watch because this is the episode where we find out about Brekia and Onara and the episode where Picard uh, cuts off the drug dealers. This is the mm-hmm. one. If you want to see how it all went down, go and watch Symbiosis. It's a really interesting episode, to say the least. I got to say one thing, though. I did like how Captain Freeman says to uh, Ransom, what do you mean? Picard just left? And Ransom yeah. Like, yeah, he cut, off, he cut off the drug supply and left. And I was like, and that's pretty well, much. And, that was, and that's the setup, right, Jim? And you're, and we're all thinking to ourselves, oh, no, this is going to be one of those stories where we found out, uh, where we find out what the actual consequences of somebody's actions are. Because we've talked several times about um, how Next Generation era Star Trek is wonderful. And sometimes nobody knows what actually happens when they leave a planet. Um, so this yeah, whole idea of doing flybys to come back and check in on them again. I thought was awesome. Yeah, they just leave. So check out mm-hmm. Symbiosis. And the other episode, this isn't really actually an episode, but if you want to find out uh, who the Breen are, you want to go mm-hmm. and check out Deep Space Nine Season 6 and Season 7. This is where the Breen show up. So you can find out who they are and what's going on with them and why they're here. I actually don't know why they're here because I assume that after Deep Space Nine and after the war ended, uh, the Breen were dealt with, I I would assume. So what they're doing here in Federation space after the war remains to be seen. But go back and watch Deep Space Nine. Pick any episode. Um, They're hanging out with the Cardassians quite a bit and the Founders. So that's that. So, Eric, are are we ready to talk about this episode? Let's do it, man. Let's dig in. All right. So, you know, I, I, I agree with what a lot of our fans said. It, 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 it was a little bit on the predictable side, but that didn't bother me. You know, I, I didn't have a mm-hmm. problem with that. Yeah. I, I had more of a problem with, with the way Captain Freeman and um, Ransom were treating, like, uh, the lower deckers and you know Mariner and 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 you know Boimler and the rest of them. I I, I had a more of a problem with that than anything else. You know, um, when she says yeah, we got to get this they, in shape. I think that they try and show because we obviously have had many many times throughout this season uh, where Mariner has you know caused people problems i mean uh, that's the whole reason she was kind of put under ransom's tutelage at one point you know where he had to kind of keep track of her and that sort of thing and in this episode uh you know they do sort of uh, before the the news comes they show that scene where uh mariner's like running around the ship after having what eaten like at a pie contest or something and um and you know so they're showing that she is this person who just like in her spare time almost can't help but cause trouble. So unfortunately, I think that got them both into kind of a negative state of mind. And I think that that's actually a pretty good lesson for all of us, because I think, you know, if we see 
let's say we see like a group of teenage kids doing something that we don't like and they do it every single day at the same time after school and whatever, it's standing under a tree. You don't want them to stand there or whatever. Um, you know, when they go and they do it, you automatically are going to assume nefarious things are afoot. You're going to assume that there are problems. And I think that's what they did here with Mariner, right? They assumed she was going to cause trouble. Um, but of course, she's kind of redeemed in the end, right? Because we sort of find out that they were wrong all along. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the reporter uh, that did the story, when we get to see the end, the actual, the full clip, uh, I think she... I think she did a, a good number on Captain Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was the nice twist moment. And, you know, was it a little obvious? Okay, well, they had been leaning pretty heavily into it. Uh, so you kind of knew that some sort of little twist or a little uh, redemption was coming because, you know, Mariner is like one of our major characters. But she is not a Starfleet officer anymore by the end of this episode, uh, which was surprising to me. Very surprising to me. Now, what do you think about this Starbase 80? Yeah. <laughs> it cracks me up. So they they kind of dropped this reference earlier uh, in the season, right? And uh, Ransom said something to the group about sending people off to Starbase 80, and everybody just kind of stopped. It was like the needle scratched on the record. As if that was the worst place that it could possibly be sent off to. Well, um Guess who gets ejected off to Starbase 80? And while we don't actually get to see the Starbase, we get to see the shuttle that the guys who work at the Starbase come from. The guys that work at the Starbase do not look healthy. Uh, <laughs> they've got, like, dark sunken in eyes, and they kind of wear these, like, yellow jumpsuits. And, um, you know, their shuttle's pretty beat up. Um, so uh, I just think that it's hilarious that there's almost this, like, Rurapente-esque place that Starfleet officers can get sent to if they misbehave hard enough. You gotta wonder, like, who who are the guys at Starbase 80? I mean, I they're presumably in Starfleet because they wear communicators, but they don't have any rank or anything. So, well, I guess they're enlisted men like Miles, right? Yeah, and did you notice that the craft that they pick Mariner up in was not really actually a shuttlecraft. It was a shuttle pod. Yeah, as well as little tiny ones. Yeah, yeah, a little tiny one because Mariner had to sit in the front seat when she got in. It's it's the it's the same one that Captain Picard (laughs) um was in in that in the episode uh when there was two Picards. It's like a little compact mini shuttle. Yeah, Yeah, a little mini shuttle. Full size shuttlecraft. And just looked really beat up, just really in bad shape. And, you know, the guy pulls out the uniform and gives it to her and says, well, it's kind of one size. He kind of sort of fits all. And she opens it up and his sandwich falls out. And he goes, oh, there's my sandwich. And he picks it up off the floor and starts eating it. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, and, that's, okay. the type of, that's the type of people she's dealing with. But, you know, I do want to, because in that scene, you, you get to see the shuttle, and then they do a, as they fly out of the Cerritos, you get a nice shot of the Cerritos. I kind of want to acknowledge one of the things that our fan, one of the fans was saying about the look of the graphics and the ships and everything this season. I, I feel like things have really been kicked up a notch. Like, I haven't had a chance to go back and kind of do side-by-side comparisons, but it seems to me that the, the Cerritos itself has 
just a lot of detail to it. The rendering looks really nice on it. it the quality of the of the animation, I think, um, has has just kind of gotten a lot better this season. I don't know. Have you noticed that? Yeah, the the Breen ships look really, really good. Yeah, they look really. Co- I mean, those are such cool ships. Anywhere the the Breen cruisers with the uh, the energy, energy dissipator weapon, uh, which of course was the bane of, during the the Dominion War, because it just it basically takes your shields down, man, and then they just mess you up. And, and what what did you think about the Texas class unmanned starship? I'm wondering where they're going to take that. Um, you know, this is that whole kind of like wrestling back and forth that I feel like Star Trek does with technology. You had a whole season of Picard that was kind of like androids and like a little bit like fear technology sort of lessons. Um, but then you get people like Data who are obviously like technological marvels. These unmanned ships, um, I mean, they would save lives big time if sent into uh, like a war zone or something like that. So I think he said that there were, what, five of them? Three. There's only three. So there's only three. So they're highly prototypical, you know, presumably to be deployed here and there. I think it's a cool idea. Um, I don't think anybody wants all the ships to become unmanned because that is sort of antithetical to that whole thing of exploration. But when you need big guns and few deaths, heck yeah, send in the robots. Yeah. And, and not being manned makes the, the ship be smaller and more, you know, faster be, and more well, heavily armed and better support. shielded because you don't need, yeah, right. all of your, you all of your power and everything goes to, to basically weapons and propulsion. That's it. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not sure it's because cool idea. it, it kind of, I mean, one of the whole premises behind Picard season one was the fact that the Federation turned their back on, on androids and automation. Right. Right. Yeah. And so now here we are. It's, it's like Star Trek can't figure out what its message wants to be about <laughs> this, about the topic of robots taking over. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, because uh, the ship has to obviously be an AI-controlled ship. Yeah. I mean, they, unless yeah. they have somebody like, like they had on Enterprise where they had the Enars controlling it from somewhere <laughs> else, but they, did, they didn't say that for sure. No, Buena Amiga, well, when they scan it, they said that there were no life signs aboard. So there, you know, it would have to be some type of entity that doesn't have a life sign. So I, I'm pretty sure that it's just, it's just wires and metal in there um, and a whole lot of photon torpedoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that battle sequence was really, was really well done too. It was pretty cool. And one of the things that I really liked um, in the sort of aftermath of that battle sequence, they get back on the horn with, um, with Admiral Buena Amigo, which first of all, I just want to say once again, one of the best Admiral names ever. Uh, hilarious Admiral good friend on Espanol. Uh, in his backdrop, you know how all the captains keep their little treasures. He has, he has some funny stuff back there. He's got like an old typewriter. He's got like an old Starbucks coffee cup. He's got a book that has the state of Texas on the front of it. So I wonder if maybe he's got like some Texas connections. He's got like a bison. He's got all this fun, like a, like a, a, uh, what do you call it? Powder horn. 
you know, like they would have carried back in the day for the gunpowder. <laughs> He's such an interesting character that I want to learn more about, and I don't know if we're ever going to get to. And the biggest thing was the Alamo. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yep. why is he? Why does right he have there. this giant Alamo picture behind him? And then he said yeah. the name of the ship was the the Texas, Texas class. So I was like, wow, there's a lot of references. And then uh, the reporter says, oh, I feel I feel close to California because I grew up in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> Freeman's like, well, yeah, it's kind of close. <laughs> yeah, ish. Oh yeah, Ish. that ship was the USS Alito. So Alito is a is a town in Texas. So it's named much in the same way the Cerritos is named after a town in California. Uh, the Alito is named after a city in Texas. Only forty eight hundred people though. It's a tiny town. I wanted to see the pie eating contest. I know. I thought they were going to go back to it, but they didn't because they canceled it. Oh. You know. Uh, um... Tendy says she learned how to dislocate her jaw so she could eat more pies, you know. And, and Rutherford, Rutherford didn't eat for days. I have to eat for days and whatnot. And, and, and he's in there, and he's pulling an Incredible Hulk and ripping his shirt apart. Give me pies or stun me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was Too great. Funny. But, um, yeah, and then, of course, uh, Dr. Migglymoo takes command of the, of the Cerritos and calls his Mima. At home. Yeah, so so how does that work in the command structure? I didn't even know, I guess, like he doesn't wear any sort of uniform that identifies any sort of rank, but he must have a decent rank to be able to sit in the captain's chair, right? I mean, unless well, it's night uh, shift style and, you know, when they put Harry Kim in the chair. But Doesn't the doctor, isn't the doctor the third in command on the starship anyways? Uh, well, the doctor has I mean, the Doctor Crusher has been captain before. Uh, she has been, but she was a commander, I believe, in rank as well, or at least a lieutenant commander. So, um, so the rank was there too. I don't think it goes by job. I think it goes by rank, doesn't it? I don't know. This is when we can I, use Charles. I, He's a Navy man. He would know. I, I don't know. I I just I just I always assumed that. You know, if you got the captain, the first officer, and the the chief medical officer is the third one. To well, take no, over. on the Enterprise, on the Enterprise D, Data was the second officer. He was the third in command. So um, eventually, they got down to the doctor. Like once they got through those top three, because um, because I don't think Jordy, Jordy, I can't remember. They probably just don't want their main engineer sitting on the on the bridge. They don't have to. Like Scotty was never given uh, command of the Enterprise, really, right? Even if right. he had the, yeah. the, the the rank. Yeah, so. David, do you have any idea how this works? Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear us? Yep. Yeah. Hey, David. Hi. There he is. Hello. Um, yeah, I actually do know why they. Uh, have been having the doctors uh, kind of like be the next in command and whatnot. Um, it all has to do with friendship. Um, the idea that McCoy and Cook were so close friends, you know, because they're like house house call, in a sense. So um, I think the reason why um, I believe that Rank is still involved with the whole thing, but since, you know, Cook and McCoy didn't really have 
any kind of ranking system, at least from what I understand. But, yeah, I believe it had mostly to do with just, like, how close a friendship they are, I believe. And the fact that it's a TV show, you know, I mean, you got all the main cast. And without the Doctor, it's just kind of, eh. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think that's mainly how Star Trek kind of saw the ranking system as far as, like, who's captain, who's first officer. And I believe that Eric is correct because I believe Dr. Crusher had a rank. And I believe even um, even in Lower Decks that uh, – uh, I always keep forgetting her name, the, the cat doctor. Um, Anna. Ta'ana or something. But, yeah, mm-hmm. he actually has a rank. But she doesn't have that high of a rank from what I understand. Is it only like really – like a, a pip and a half or something. I can't remember, but yeah. Uh, it could be, me, I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't really have the high of a rank, but yeah, I think it's because you're so close to the captain that oh, she's um, got three, she's got three pips. She's got more pips than Shaq's does. Well, in that in case, fact, yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like Shaq's is a Lieutenant. Um, Billups is the Lieutenant commander. And both uh, Tana and uh, and Ransom are both commanders. So there's a rank thing there. Uh, but Mister yeah. like he's like the psychologist. I mean, he and he doesn't wear a Starfleet uniform. He doesn't wear pips. He doesn't wear a communicator. I I was baffled when they gave him command. I was like, what's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, I I think it just has to do with who you know. It's really friends and high places really do count. And I so might, you know, I mean, it could be that he's literally the only person with any authority that was on the bridge at the time when everybody left. You know, everybody else yeah, was like an ensign. Yeah, and the doctor definitely had higher authority because they have the rule where if the captain, you know, somehow loses his emotion to be able to command, then the doctor can step in and say, hey, you know, I'm relieving you of duty. And if there's nobody higher than uh, or lower than the captain – next in line, then the doctor, I believe, would become basically the next step up. So I think it had something to do with the doctor work is a higher authority than almost any command. So I don't know. It could be a thing. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure how that works, but I think I think the doctor the doctor has to be the same rank as the first officer in order for that whole thing to work. No, it, no that, that's not necessarily I mean, true because, because the, because the, medical, the yeah yeah I mean I don't I think, think that they have medical. to be the same rank necessarily because the doctor has the authority to declare the captain medically fit or unfit and that doesn't have anything to do with military rank that has to do with medical expertise so it's that the so I think the doctor can be of a lower rank than like your first or second officer. Um, yeah, they I think may about be given... Right, but Flock never sat in the captain's chair either, right? But yeah, they, well, I mean, so I, I I don't know. That's why Miggly Moo and I I correct myself here. He does wear a communicator. He doesn't wear pips, but he's got a communicator on that suit jacket he wears. So who knows? He kind of reminds Maybe me of he... like Mister Rogers. It's a wonderful <laughs> neighborhood. Wait, I feel like he's always going to like <laughs> nap at some point. I don't know. He is one of my, I, I admit that he's not one of my favorite characters um, on, on the show. I like, I like the actor quite a bit. Um, what is it? F Paul Tompkins is his name. I think if I remember right. Uh, so great actor, 
I'm not totally sold on that character, but I don't know. Well, anyways, getting anyways. getting back getting to <laughs> getting it. Yeah, get you know that's 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 the fun part, you know. Get to go off on tangents, but overall, overall, what did you think about the episode overall, and and what kind of score would you give it, Eric? Uh, I'm right up there with the fans. I give it a solid eight, maybe an eight point one. Uh, it. I'm trying to be realistic and not give it anything higher because I want to rate it really high after those last couple of episodes we got, but I think an 8.1 is pretty fair. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, the double feature tomorrow of Prodigy and Lower Decks. Um, yeah, that'll be Because I haven't watched either one of those episodes yet. And mm-hmm. there is a new Ready Room out, by the way. There's a, a Lower Decks slash Prodigy Ready Room with Will Wheaton. Too. So when you go to Paramount Plus, make sure you watch the Ready Room as well, because a lot of times they give you a lot more information on the Ready Room. So you want to check mm-hmm. that out after you watch the episodes. So how about you, David? What do you think about this episode? Well, I'm definitely going to go higher than an 8.0 for the reference of Star Bay City, but <clears throat> <laughs> don't want to go any lower or else we might get sent there. You never know. But um... That's true. <laughs> Uh, I really liked this episode. I thought it was a, a very big surprise that Mariner was no longer part of the crew and that she quit Starfleet. I did not see that coming. Uh, there was a lot of predictability, but that predictability was very unpredictable for me for some reason. <laughs> so um, with this new story uh, tone, I'm I, I'm probably going to get up way up there. I actually liked the ending. And I'm starting to think I might actually do a warp 9.9. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it, was really, uh, it was really good for me. Yeah, I, I really liked it. <laughs> it was fun. I, I enjoyed it, too. I thought it was fun, especially, like Eric said, we, we've had some, some so-so episodes, especially the bird episode, which <laughs> takes – it, my 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 worst episode of Star Trek ever. I would have always said would have been Shades of Grey from TNG, but <laughs> uh, Peanut Hamper now, uh, whatever that episode that that takes the cake. That's now my all time worst that's, episode. That's how much you ever. hate Peanut Hamper, huh? <laughs> that's how much. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, I, I I liked it. I thought it was fun and seeing Starbase eighty. Finally, well, we didn't see it, but learning a little bit more about it. And this episode was also a little bit different in the fact that we didn't really see a lot of the lower deckers in this episode, actually. You know, we only mm-hmm. saw Bob uh, Boimler, I think, was only in two scenes. Um, you know, Maybe. The, the, yeah, the rest of the lower deckers weren't in it a lot. It was mostly Freeman and, uh, and Ransom down on the planet, the reporter, and the various other uh, uh, characters that they spoke to. So this is another one of those examples where the main characters weren't featured a lot. But that didn't bother me. I still I still enjoyed it. I think I'm going to go with an 8.5 on this one. Or better yet, I'll go with, uh, with an 8.67539 I think <laughs> for this. Because I really liked it. So um, on that note, that wraps up our podcast, guys. Can you believe it? Time flies. Wow. Uh, what did Charles give it? Um, uh, uh, Charles, uh, I believe, gave it an eight point. 
one. I'll go back and chat, but I'm pretty sure it was an eight. Or it might have been higher, actually. I think it was like an 8.8. .8. I think it was an 8.6. I can't remember. It? I knew it was – well, I almost got it in between those. I knew I yeah, should have. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, guys, that wraps up the podcast. So uh, I, I just want to say one more time, happy birthday to Paul. I hope he's had a great week, and it's great to have you aboard. Happy birthday to Paul. I want to say thank you to Paul for hanging out with us tonight and Trek talking. I want to say thank you so much to our very own David for joining us near the end of the podcast. But actually, David was there on, on the board the whole time. But uh, he popped in at the end. So thank you so much, David. Yeah, it was fun. And uh, thank you, of course, to Eric for hanging out and Trek talking with us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Eric. Absolutely. Great time, as always. It, it is fun. Time flies. I want to let you guys know that there will be no show on Monday. And why won't there be a show on Monday? Because Monday is Halloween. And so um, we're not going to have our normal comic corner. The following Monday, we're going to do Star Trek issue one and Mirror War issue zero. But on Halloween night, I've got a special show planned for you guys. Um, every Halloween since I can remember, we always watched It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It's a tradition. We always watch it. And I know it's, it's not on TV anymore. So I thought it might be fun to play it on the podcast. So I've gone and ripped the episode to an audio file. And on 7.30 on Halloween night, you can sit back and for an hour and enjoy some Trek Talking Halloween fun. Uh, we're going to listen to a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Um, I've got the thriller, the Michael Jackson thriller video that I also ripped the audio from. And to fill out the hour, I've got a few other classic Halloween songs that I'm going to play for you guys. So we're going to hang out for an hour on Halloween and just have some fun. And that, my friends, wraps up the podcast. And please head over to trektalking.com. Uh, where is that, Eric? Where can they go? Well, it's nice and easy, Jim. It's just trektalking.com. Yeah. David, David, where can fans go for the latest Star Trek news? Following. Yeah, okay, fine. Trektalking.com. <laughs> trektalking.com. Head on over there. You'll find links to our Facebook page, our Instagram, Twitter. There's a blog there, all kinds of great stuff. So head over to trektalking.com. Um, you won't be disappointed. And I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying to everybody, please stay safe and be good to each other. And remember, Star Trek fans are the best fans. You better believe it. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Night, y'all. Live long and prosper. Good night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. 
So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.